Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. want to thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that is in this place today. I want to thank you that you are a great God. And despite all the circumstances, all the turmoil, or the unbelief in our world, you are working, Lord, and you're working to bring us all to a closer relationship with you. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And I pray in the words of the prophet that it will not return void. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we offer this prayer. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good morning. My name is Tom Kinman. I'm not Greg Neely. Anybody, I mean, we look alike, right? But. Uh, I'm so happy to be here with you today. Greg is away on a much needed time away. And uh, I tell you what, I understand now why he is such a good preacher. Because after this kind of music, if a guy can't preach, he ain't no preacher, is he, Dale? And uh, what a marvelous moving of God's Spirit this morning. Thank you, Tim. And and all of your team. Betty and I have been down here to visit with you on various occasions. I retired about four months ago as pastor of Hickory Grove Baptist Church. And I'll never forget the first time I met your pastor. It was about 10 years ago. We were in an associational meeting. And the way he responded to questions and asked questions, I'm sitting there as a member of the council and I'll say, I got to know that guy. As you well know, Greg is real, isn't he? He's a human being, and he's not one of those fake people, and we've been the best of friends ever since, and, and he asked me to share a word with you today, and I'm so happy to do that. Uh, you are a great church. I hope you know how God is blessing you with health, with a spirit, with love. I read recently in a book by Larry Osborne that said the, the uh, basis of church health is unity. In other words, it's everybody seeking to be in the will and purpose of God. It's the pastor and the deacons and the staff working together to accomplish the kingdom of God. And this is a church that has unity. It's something that you always want to pray about. It's always want to be the forefront of your basis of a church. So I, I'm just honored to be here today. I'm honored that you are here. And may God bless us in each and every way. I've asked our good friend Dale to come at this time, and he's going to read the Scripture for us, and he's going to share a prayer with us. And Dale, I'm going to ask you to pray especially for our pastor uh, while he's away, that he can be refreshed and renewed 
and uh, sharing God's word with us. So come and do that at this time, and thank you so very much. Good morning. It's good to be in church this morning, isn't it? If you would take your Bibles out and turn with me to the Acts, the first chapter. I'm going to read the first 11 verses. That'd be the glory. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering, but many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days, and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised which, he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons, epochs, if you will, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And when he had said these things, he was lifted up. While they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men, they also said, men of Galilee, why, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. That's exciting. Let's pray together. You are an awesome God, and you're worthy to be praised this morning. I pray that every person in here, Father, lifted up their soul in praise to you because you are worthy of all we are and never hope to be. We come here as a congregation to worship you. We're thankful that Tom's here to share your word with us. And Father, we, we want to pray for Greg and Christian and their family as they're away. I bet this has been the shortest week of his life. It always is. To go away for a few days, it seems like time just speeds up. But I pray that he got rest. And I pray that he had time to commune with you. And I pray, Father, that he had family time like he hasn't ever had. I pray, Father, that he comes back refreshed and renewed. And I pray that you'd bless his socks all today. I thank you for an awesome pastor that loves you, a pastor that studies and seeks after your word, that he might share it with us. I thank you for this church and for the meeting with us. And Father, I pray that you would bless us this morning as, as Tom shares your word. 
Feed our souls, Lord. I pray that we come to receive. Open our hearts that we might know and understand what the Spirit is teaching us this morning. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Y'all had a great Easter last Sunday, didn't you? Oh, I heard about it. 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. That's a full day, wasn't it? And it was no, no way that uh, you cannot understand that your pastor needed a break. You know, in my experience as a pastor, the Sunday after Easter is always difficult. It's kind of a letdown. And much of that is much to be understood. I mean, what can you say? What can you do after Easter? It says it all. But as I study God's Word, that's not the way it was with the early church and the early disciples. Understanding that Jesus arose gave them the motivation and the courage to go out and to change our world. And that's exactly what God wants each of us to do today. You see, the Bible says, as Dale read so beautifully a while ago, Jesus appeared. After He arose from the dead, He was on the earth about 40 days. And the Bible says that He continued to instruct and He continued to show Himself with many proofs. He appeared to the disciples. He appeared uh, to the ladies. He appeared on the road to Emmaus to two strangers. Paul says that he appeared to 500 at one time, and last of all, he appeared unto me. Jesus continued to show himself and to instruct us. And as we read in this climactic moment before he ascended back into heaven, Jesus gave us our task, our mission, and our purpose. And as you follow along in your outline, I want you to write in the first uh, blank there, we are to be his witnesses. Notice what he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Our task as a church and as individual Christian is to be a witness to the power of Jesus Christ in each of our lives. You know what it means when it says you're to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other most parts of the earth. I've had a lot of people say to me down through the years, we have so many needs in America. Why do we take mission trips to Nicaragua like I've been? Or uh, Honduras, I believe, is where your church has been so many times. We do that because Jesus said so. You see, Jesus didn't say we have a choice whether we're going to go abroad or go here. He said we're to do both. And we're to be a witness for Him wherever we are. But let's be honest with, about it this morning. What is so difficult about being a witness for Jesus Christ? As we think about it, there's nothing difficult because He arose, didn't He? And He died on the cross to save me from my sin. But reality of it is, it's very difficult for us to be witnesses. We live in a culture that is more and more uncertain and does not want to know about Jesus Christ. It's been amazing. I was hoping that the COVID, COVID would bring us closer to God. All the violence, all the immorality that we see in our world will bring us closer to God. But there is a callousness out there about things that are spiritual. I never will forget I was football chaplain at one of our high school teams, and the coach had asked me to be a chaplain for his kids, and I had to interview with the principal. 
Well, we were in Georgia then, and uh, the principal wanted to make sure that I wouldn't use the name of Jesus before the game. Well, I honored him and uh, respected his authority. But I want to tell you something. Down there on the sidelines with the kids, you could talk about Jesus. I want to tell you, when they would call and ask you, and, and, and the family would be a lot to you, there was no problem talking about Jesus. You see, we might have to be creative, but we are to be His witnesses. Uh, another thing that, that often is difficult is we simply don't, uh, we're, we're afraid to offend somebody. I'm just being honest here this morning. But, you know, God doesn't call us to offend people. He doesn't call us to knock people over the heads with our Bible. God calls us to speak the truth in love. He calls us to be kind and generous. He, kinds, he calls us to be gentle. That tremendous word, gentle. We share Christ. We are His witnesses in a, the same way that Jesus did, in a kind, gentle way. Some of us don't know how to be a witness. Some of us have never known that God can use me to be a witness for Him in the people that I contact with. And I hope before this message is over in just a few minutes that you'll have at least a glimpse of how you can be a witness for Jesus Christ. And then other people don't witness because they think it's the pastor's job. You, you know what I'm talking about? You see, or the staff's job. There is that, that feeling out there that uh, our pastors get bathed on commission. <laughs> and, and, and you see the people that come in that's the way they get paid but actually the opposite is, actually, is people think that that's a pastor's job but when you invite them when you are a witness you have one reason to do that because you care because you love and they know the difference and that's the reason Jesus said we are to be His witnesses. He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Revelation chapter, one, uh, chapter 2, He talked about a church that had a great fellowship, great doctrine, great living of the faith. But they lacked one thing. They'd forgotten their first love. And the first love was to be a witness for Jesus Christ. So I want you to see that. Jesus left here with His instructions for us to be His witnesses. Say that with me. We are to be His witnesses. Now I want to share with you some of the ways that we can witness for Jesus Christ. Number one, we can pray. Write that in there. We can pray. Notice what He said. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. Je Jesus said, you guys, don't go out here and change the world yet. You have to have the power. You have to have the strength. And that comes to us through prayer. He reminded us that you will receive power, and then you shall be my witnesses. So as we are witnesses for Jesus Christ, let us pray. Pray for that person that God's put on our heart. Pray for ourselves that God can use us. Pray for opportunities that God sends our way from day to day. So many times in our churches, we, we pray for physical needs and we pray for monetary needs. How many times in our prayer times do we pray for spiritual needs? That people can be made healed, that they can be whole, that they can know the eternal life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Betty and I, 
generally go out for brunch on Saturday morning and a couple of weeks ago, I don't know how it even came about, but there was this lady in the restaurant. And she was so distraught because her son had found out that he had cancer. But what impressed me so much more about this lady was that she was concerned that she wasn't sure of his salvation in Jesus Christ. And she was so concerned. I told her I would pray for her. And Betty and I walked out of the restaurant. I was about halfway across the street. I said, that's no good. I told Betty, I'm going back and praying for that lady. Because God put that opportunity in my heart. Be his witnesses by prayer. You never know where God's going to use you, but you be ready each and every day. And then the second thing you want to do is live the gospel. Will you write that in there? Live the gospel. You see, James said we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And it's wonderful how we worship. It's wonderful how we study. It's wonderful how we do our daily devotions. But all of that is intended that we can live the gospel and we can be a witness to others around us. Now, you are aware that the number one criticism of Christians is that we're hypocrites. And you know what I say to that? I say, right on. I don't know any of us that aren't, because I don't know any of us that are perfect. But I'm going to give you a picture right now. And if you're allowing a hypocrite to stand between you and God, that hypocrite's closer to God than you are. You got that? You got that. You see, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all of us fall very short, but I tell you what we can do. We can be kind. We can be gentle. We can be loving. We can show concern for our community like your church has done during this past year. We can show the love of Christ by the way that we live from day to day. You know, one of my favorite um, restaurants is Chick-fil-A. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you like Chick-fil-A, but, but Chick-fil-A has a tremendous value system that's based on the authority of Jesus Christ. But you don't go to Chick-fil-A because of their value system. You go over there, you go there because they got good chicken. <laughs> you and I can be a witness for Christ if we're sincere in the way that we live. Those people at work know you do your job well. Those people in the community where you live, they know that you're on church on Sunday morning. They know that you're a kind individual. Those people at school, oh, now wait just a minute. I'm going to get nosy now. Do the people on your social media know you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Do the people at the football game know you're a follower of Jesus Christ. This is what I know. We cannot be a witness for Christ, and yet, unless we are living it the best we can from day to day. And this means that we accept people just as they are. Uh, I think Tim mentioned a while ago the Pharisees. 
The Pharisees were so religious, they'd make you sick. And they said to people, if you'll just change your ways and you'll just be like us, then you can be one of us. And the Judaizers in, in Galatians, they said uh, to a new Christians, now you got to do this and you got to do that. Jesus just accepted people the way they are. Have you studied his life? That woman that was taken in the very act of adultery, what did he say to her? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What did he say to the woman at the well? I can give you fresh and new water that will change your life. What did he say to that man in, 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 uh, looking up at the tree? Zacchaeus, you come down here. We got, we're going to lunch. And the power of that example, he accepted people where they are. I love two signs. I think I've... Uh, um, I'll put them on the screen here. One of them I read on a church says, says, preach the gospel every day. And when necessary, use words. That's pretty good, isn't it? And I like the other one, the Max Lucado, that says, God loves us just the way we are and refuses to allow us to stay that way. Isn't that great? You see, his name was Austin. He was 50 years old. He was a hopeless alcoholic. He came to church one Sunday to see his nephew baptized because he thought it was a joke. Before Austin left that Sunday, the usher, the head usher said, we were glad to have you this, this day. I hope you'll come back. Austin told me later on, he said he acted like he meant it. He came back. He found Jesus. And before he died, he told me I had 50 years of life and I had 18 months of real life. That's the difference because a church accepting. You are that kind of church. And never allow it to bother you. Whatever kind of sin comes to this place, that is the greatest, that is the greatest compliment that you can have. Jim and Shanna had a little girl. They were, not, they were not married. They were living together. And they wanted this little girl to come to Sunday school. They'd bring her to Sunday school. They'd sit outside. She got to like in Sunday school, so they thought, well, maybe I'll go in and enjoy Sunday school too, or see what it's about. They began to come to Sunday school. And never will forget the time I went out to explain to them how to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And Jim and Shanna said to me, well, we know how we're living, and we know that's not the Christian way. We'll become a Christian when we get married. And I want you to know on Saturday, her, their Sunday school class sponsored their wedding. They gave them a shower. They, they, they had the wedding. They gave them a reception. And Jim said, we'll be married on Saturday. We'll be baptized on Sunday. Praise the Lord. When I was at uh, Hickory Grove, we had a parsonage. It hadn't been used in, in years. It was downgraded. One of our members found a family of eight people living in a hotel room. And he said to our deacons, our leadership, why can't we let them stay in the parsonage for a while? So we decided to do that. And it was messy and it was dirty. And I cannot tell you how many times the police were called, the rescue squad was called. They were a very dysfunctional family. 
But because we accepted them the way they were, we saw five of them come to faith in Jesus Christ, and we saw their lives literally changed. Now, if we're going to live the gospel, we've got to be like Jesus. And then the last thing we want to do to be as witnesses, you fill this blank in, we want to share the gospel. We want to share the gospel. You see, there was a man in uh, Mark chapter 5. We know him as a Gadarean demoniac. And uh, Jesus touched him and he healed him. And he said, I want to be a preacher. I want to be a disciple. I want to be one of your followers. Jesus said, I don't need you to do that. He said, I just want you to go home and tell others what Christ has done for you. You read in John chapter 4 about the, the woman at the well. And she went back to where she lived. And the Bible says, because of her testimony, many came to know Christ. And you read in the, in the epistles of, of Paul how that many people, I mean, uh, Paul was a, he, he, was, he was somebody you didn't want to come in contact with. He scared people to death, especially if you were the church. And even after he was converted and he was changed and he was saved, there was people that doubted and people that wondered about, did God really touch this guy? What did Paul do? He always went back and he told them how Jesus touched his life on the way to Damascus. This is how you share the gospel. I've written it for you in your outline. Number one, be a friend. Just be a friend. 75% of people that come to church for the first time come because they're invited by a friend or a relative. As I've already said, you invite them because you care. They know that. They think it's the preacher's job. But you come because you care. Thank you for caring. John and Karen moved in across from us and in Georgia, and we went over to meet them. They were new to the neighborhood. I remember helping him paint a, a room one night. And I remember a tree fell down in the storm. I went over and cut it up for him. We were just friends. I invited him to church. I can't tell you how many times I invited him to church. He never came. Well, shortly after that, John moved to Charlotte, taking a new job. Shortly after that, Betty and I moved to Charlotte, and, and we had a new church. And one of the first things I did, I called John and Sharon, and I asked them. I said, we would love to have you come and see our new church and be a part of our new church. They never came. <laughs> never forget the call I got from John. Our boy's in the hospital. Baby boy needs heart surgery. Could you and your church pray? Of course we did. And uh, never forget going to lunch at McAllister's, sharing with John how he could become a follower of Jesus Christ. And he's been a follower of Christ ever since. Just came out of friendship. Thank you for that clap. Yeah. And then you can invite him to church. Bring him to a church like this. Let them experience the joy of the fellowship. Let them hear the gospel that's proclaimed every week here. You invite them. You tell them, I'll meet you out front. We'll get a cup of coffee. 
We'll go to lunch afterwards. Let me show you where the nursery is. Just to invite them to share. This is not our business. This is God's business. And you shall receive the power. We're just the instruments that God uses. They'll come with you. Never forget sitting at Turner Field watching a baseball game. And I said to this guy that had been coming to our church, I said, what made you come to our church? Because you said you hated Baptists. He said, yeah, I did hate Baptists. I wouldn't go to a Baptist church, any church in the world. I said, how come you're coming to ours? He come, my neighbor invited me. And then as you have opportunity, share the gospel that you know. Could I share with you what's involved in being a Christian? Most people will say yes to that. If they don't, you respect, you respect them. But as I've written, it's on the screen. Gospel is so simple. simple. God loves you. All of us have sinned. We've come short. All of us are separated from God. But Christ died on an old rugged cross for my sin, for your sin. And He took our place and He paid our way. And all He asks us to do is to receive Christ and begin to walk with Him. You can do that. Because you know that. And because God is leading you up to a person that you can share that from day to day. And the last thing you want to do is invite them to a small group. Dale, I'm sure you've seen the same thing in your day. People come down out of the praise team to receive Christ. They're a part of a men's conference, a women's conference. They come to receive Christ. They come out of choirs. Involve them in a softball team. Involve them in a ministry, a food ministry, whatever you can. Sunday school class, small group, whatever you have in your church, invite them to join with you, and they begin to feel apart and know that strength, and they know that way. You see, Jesus said that we are to be His witnesses. That's what we do after Easter. So today, I want to ask you to do three things. I want you, first of all, to thank God for whoever He put in your way to share Jesus Christ with you. Can you do that today? It might have been a pastor. It might have been a Sunday school teacher. It might be a parent. It might be a friend. God sent somebody to be a witness to you, and that's the reason you're a Christian today. Also, who's God put in your mind that you could invite? that you could bring, that you could share with. You know, it occurred to me, we have four grandsons, and Betty and I, one of them's already committed to Christ, another one has made a commitment. We need to be praying for those grandsons. Our own family. Let's start right there. The other day, Elliot, he's almost 10, he called me up, he said, Grandpa, I've asked Jesus into my life. And you know, I'd forgotten the joy of a little child of coming to know Jesus. Would you bow with me in prayer? And I just thank, thank you, Lord, for what you've done after Easter. And I want every eye to be closed and every head to be bowed right now.
And God has laid on your heart a family member, a friend, a co-worker, a classmate, that you'd like to be changed by the power of Jesus, that Jesus would like to change them. If you'd give that person to God right now, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. But would you just raise your hand and say, God, you know what's on my heart. Just, would you raise your hand right now? And we give that person to God in prayer. And then if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, but yet you've realized that Christ died for you, He arose for you, and you want to say yes to Him today and to begin the most incredible journey your life can ever know. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand and say, today I receive Christ. Is there anybody that would do that? Is anybody that would do that? If you'll do that today, I want you to tell somebody in this church, your pastor, when he gets back. You see, our closing song today is Just As I Am. And I guess all of my life, I've thought that was a beautiful invitation hymn to come to Christ. But today I realize that it's also a hymn to be a witness for Christ, just as I am. Let's sing it, Tim. Let's mean it with all of our hearts. And may God continue to use this church, and may He use us to be His witness from day to day. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me, that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today, that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us, and so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.